Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 55. Double nickel, 55. Double nicks. This episode, we're going to be talking about Waves, Queen and Slim. We'll give you a little dose of The Parasite. Just and a little also, touch. Uh, the Good Liar. The, the Good Liar. So it's a lot happening in this episode. Yeah, this is a big one. Right before the big holiday. Yes. So, Tawana, what are we going to sip on today? Well, because primarily what we got is so black it's like what's that salon song uh brown liquor yeah, brown yeah, shit, all that. brown mm. everything's brown you yes, know so it is today also it is the season for the darkness and by that i mean beer gets really heavy in the winter right so you're talking porters you're talking stouts um there are some dark holiday ales um fuck ipa sorry I'm just not feeling an IPA. I mean, I mean, listen, that doesn't mean y'all can't like them, but I say fuck an IPA. I, I mean, y'all might say fuck a Hefeweizen. So. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be people that say fuck it's a Hefeweizen. It's cool. It's all about flavor. Whatever feel good on your tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say I agree on IPAs, but I recently had, this is so off the re- off the reservation, but right. um, Yonkers Brewing Company okay. actually makes an IPA that oh, I wow. can drink. Actually, nice. you know what? Um, Abita, speaking of which, I'm drinking an Abita beer today. Well, I'll talk about it in a second. Abita makes uh, an IPA that I like called Giacomo. Yeah. Which is actually pretty good. And the my, my problem with IPAs is they're painful. Um, they're almost like <laughs> drinking sours. Yeah. No, sours are worse. Oof, but IPAs wow. IPAs are, are, are painful. And I don't think pleasure should be matched with pain. And while some people, well, that's be. a thing. Yes, it and definitely I underst- is a thing. Listen, I understand a good pair of nails being drummed down your back or a nice mm. little smack. Mm-hmm. All that works. Okay. But what I'm saying is, is it shouldn't be, it should be enjoyable. And to me, the pain of an IPA or a fucking sour ain't enjoyable. It's too fucking hoppy. And then the... The sours are so sour. It's like, it, it, it's it's not like having, um what were those candies? Those pucker candies back in the days, right? Sour Patch Kids. So, yeah. No, no, no. Even more than that. It was, oh. It's called some, oh, that I pucker remember. one yeah, that yeah. was super sour. Yeah. It, it's just it's like, what is the point? I mean, I got to wait to get the pleasure, and yes, I get it. It's, but listen, it's not a comparable pleasure. Oh, no. sorry. Both parts have to be equally fun. Does that make sense? <laughs> right? So you like to get smacked around a little bit? Yeah. That's cool. You like the smack and then you like the nice fuck. Or you like the smack and the fuck together. Whatever okay. you like is what you like. But the thing is, is wow. none of these things give me pleasure. So I don't feel like keep constantly putting them in my mouth to prove a point to myself. Put it in your I mouth. I hate eat drinking them, right? <laughs> so that's the point. Gloria Steinem on line four. Wow. I don't care. We're back, people. We, What's up, Kev? We missed thank that you episode, for joining us but again. Thank you, <laughs> yeah, so we, I had a lot. I had a lot built up in me. You know, she certainly it up. has, folks. I mean, so on, let's, listen. Wait, wait, wait. Well, on the way, we said I was on one, and it obviously hasn't gone away. Okay. <laughs> so, so talk about the beer, please. So anyway, so I digress and go back into where let's I started go back to originally. The beer. 
Um, a Beta Brewing Company mm-hmm. out of Louisiana. They brew in um, a Beta Springs. Oh, okay. makes sense. Um, so a Beta Brewing Company, which is a very famous Southern Louisiana uh, brew company, has a lot of great flavors um, in their arsenal, so to speak. This one in particular is a seasonal beer called Pecan Ale. Uh, it's made with real Louisiana Roasted pecans, are we on? if you've ever been to Louisiana, they got a thing for their pecans. Oh, absolutely. Or do they say pecans? Pecans. Pecans, pecans. Right. It just depends on who you're talking it to. It just really. depends on who you're talking to, right? Okay, so uh, these Louisiana uh, roasted pecans uh, are added for a subtle, nutty flavor and a bit of an It gives it a bit of an aroma as well. Um, it's brewed with pale Munich biscuit and caramel malts and Willamette hops. Hops. What I can't speak. Hops. Hops. Thank you. Willamette hops. Um, the roasted pecans are added in the brew house, actually. And so their slogan is crack one open and go nuts. But, you know, go G-E-A-U-X because Louisiana is that. Anyway, these are great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Pecan ale. Go nuts, as they're saying, says on there. On their, um, do you like the taste of it? You didn't give me a chance, huh? Let's, what's the rush? Let's get there. What's the rush? Okay. You, you good? I'll be rushing you when you be going I'll, through. I'll just have another drink. Yeah, have two. Go ahead. But you know, what I really like about it, it, it gives you sort of a multi, uh, darker flavor, which uh, kind of reminds me of a red. Um, the maltiness of it really, really kicks in. Uh, it's very light. Uh, the um, APV is like 5.2, so I could drink this whole case. I had to stop myself after two last night. It's mm. like, save the rest for the show. Um, and so I think it's really great. And, and the maltiness of it can aid to, like we've been chewing on some oatmeal raisins. Let me taste it. Um, so the oatmeal raisins work. So it's something like anything sort of roasted, dark, like uh, rich. It really pairs well with it, you know. This is why in New, in New Orleans they have those pecan candies that everybody loves. It has that sort of the rich. pralines. Is it pralines? Mm-hmm. Ah, shit. Sorry. <laughs> I should have known that. Tawana is now officially banned from Louisiana. <laughs> no, please. Oh my God. They're going to stop her at the state please line. Please don't stop me. I fucking love New Orleans. It is my favorite place to be. Okay. I like oh, I love New Orleans. All There's a decadence about it. That is just so amazing. Yes, there is. There is. And yeah. it's it's yes, a place it's a place that just you'd think because they're in the South and they've got this whole, you know, judo Christianity belt thing going that they would, you know, eliminate you at the border. But no, they welcome Well, New all Orleans of it. is a little different from the rest of Louisiana. New Orleans is a little different, but I said Let's New Orleans. Be clear. It's just like Miami's different I from understand. Florida. Yeah, but is it? And Atlanta is different from Georgia. What oh, is it? Oh, the difference between Miami and Jacksonville, Florida, is like night, night and, and day. day. <laughs> night and day. Yeah, I guess I'm good on it anyway. You good? Anyway, um, I think it's amazing. Give it a shot. It's seasonal, so it's in it's in your local wherever you get it. <laughs> I got this at Best Market. Okay. Um, pretty reasonably priced. Um, it has an interesting taste to it. Grab a six pack and, and go in. I expect a little more power from it, but it you know, it just has a good taste. Well, because to it it's front. I think because it's it it's the malted. It's yeah. the malted and it's the Munich uh notes that really sort of like prevent it from being hoppy. Okay. 
You yes, know what I mean? The Will- and I think Willamette hops are known to not be heavily spicy. But, you know, like all things Southern, it's smooth. Yeah, it is smooth. <laughs> it is smooth. <laughs> and it's got this beautiful caramel flavor that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, a color, rather. Yeah, I like the look of it. Pa- pairs with your crown. It actually pairs with this uh, crown bourbon mash that I'm trying. Since we're, we're on the Southern theme, and I, one thing I remember southern specifically about the South is... You know, once you, you know, you had some money in your pocket and you really wanted to drink a good drink, a lot of folks would drink Crown and Crown in the purple bottle because it's a Canadian uh, whiskey. Crown Royal is a Canadian whiskey. And uh, they've had a lot of controversy about this bourbon mash. I've been reading a lot of reviews. First of all, the fact that they they tried to call this a bourbon is is out of order in the first place because it's made from a blend of. Canadian whiskeys, that that within itself makes it disqualified to call itself a bourbon. Right. So because of that, they've had a lot of backlash from from whiskey and bourbon drinkers and and aficionados and the the commission that designates what's a, a specific alcohol. So they're actually going to have to change the name of this at some point, and and I don't know what they're going to call it. I guess that's why they're just calling it bourbon mash. Blended uh, Canadian whiskey because initially it was just called some kind of bourbon something. But like I said, because it's not made one in the United States or in Kentucky with uh, bourbon barrels, you know that speaks a lot to because they're these are in they have some they have the bourbon mash, but it's not in your bourbon barrels, right. and it's also done in the oak white oak cast from Canada and all that. So it's like I said, it's tasty, but it's not. It's not. It's not really bourbon. It's a nice little whiskey, just like Crown is. But you know, once again, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to You're bring right something that spoke to the South and those wonderful little purple bags that so many of us use for everything. Have used for everything, <laughs> and and it's you know I remember just sidebar I used to keep my condoms in them but it's just like it's, it's condoms amazing. change right anything I've seen people put penises in them it, penises <laughs> i did okay I, i've that, seen i've seen a couple pride events well, well that i've been to penises you mean in. a dildo or no, an actual oh. penis i'm talking about actual penis i would have said dildo i know the difference okay i didn't i didn't understand Bruh, you mean you mean walking around with a bag walking around with got a bag it, in their it. penis a penis in that bag attached to the i body. got it got it I'm sure the listeners have it too. Um, I, but, um, I don't have it, so if you could go on for at least another four minutes, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Photographic evidence would be awesome. Oh, I could, but you know, Sally over here is stopping me at every turn. So. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and thank you, Kevin, for sitting in on us. For yes, us today. thank you it's for good sitting to have in. You back. It's good to have you back. <laughs> Always happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, but like I said, I think that you know the problem with this is that they've just got to figure out what they're going to call themselves because I just I just think it's a whiskey. Um, it has a nice note to it, but I think that what what is lost is you don't have any of the caramel, vanilla-y kind right, of flavors of, of your bourbons. Right. It, does, it misses that. But I think that, you know, for people who like this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I think you're going to – they'll get people to buy it because, I mean, it's, it's 80 proof, and um, it's a mix of the, the mash bill. It's like 64% corn. 
31.5% rye, mm -hmm. and then you have this uh, malted barley, which is like 4.5%. So that's what gives it this this rich color that it has. Because it is, it is a beautiful color. It almost matches uh, Tawana's pecan ale perfectly. Yeah, it does. But, um, you know, I just think that it's, it's one of those things that is not going to be as popular for them when they're trying to compete with the bourbon, you know, consumer. But this is a part of their whole whiskey blends grouping because they have all these different flavors of whiskeys now because they have apple they have a peach they have a caramel salted caramel which i don't understand why anybody would want to drink salted caramel but you know i could see that in a beer i feel like i don't know about a bourbon I, well a whiskey because i feel oh, like whiskey. they're just going for a certain kind of market who likes flavors but i don't necessarily think that as a bourbon consumer, it's something that uh, a real bourbon aficionado would drink. Right. But you know, if if you can find it in the store, it's reasonably priced. It's like thirty bucks. Jump in. Right, right, right. So, what do you say we forego industry news so we can touch upon yeah, a couple a lot of movies, to talk couple about. films instead? Mm -hmm. um, I'm down for that. There's so much news. They'll be here when we get back. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, why don't we start <laughs> with Parasite and just knock that out the way. Let's go ahead. All right. So, um, due to unforeseen circumstances, Vaughn wasn't able to see Parasite. Yeah, I didn't get to see it yet. But he is. So, don't I worry. If you're, if you're hankering for his opinion, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did see it, however. Thank you. Tell us about um, it. Um, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Hopefully, hopefully, I said that properly. Uh, Parasite... Uh, it's about all unemployed. Kai Take and his family take particular interest in the wealthy and glamorous Parks family as they integrate themselves into their lives and get entangled into an un unexpected incident. Light Parasite wasn't over the moon as everyone seems to be. Um, oh yeah, it's getting rave I, I'm reviews quite by quite a fan of Korean cinema actually. Mm -hmm. Train to Busan, Old Boys, one of my absolute favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot, a few others, but uh, Old Boys is, is like my top favorite uh, okay. film out of Korea. Um, I thought it was well directed, uh, well written, commentary on on class, which really options the world right so mm -hmm. the world can understand class even though in some countries it's it's more prominent than others uh here we have a bit bit more issues in terms of race um and sex uh gender uh versus just class but we still share those those right. uh issues as well um the story of this family that sort of is just trying to beat the system but at what cost really is what's happening in this film and um, when you decide, when, when actually do you decide what is the price of your soul is, is pretty much what's happening in Parasite. Um, and really on both ends of the spectrum, on those considered lower class and those considered upper class. Uh, what is the price, when do you lose sight of humanity? Um, because no matter who you are and where you are, is someone lower than you. Right. Um, and so, uh, I got that and wasn't amazed by it. And I feel like that's what's blowing people away is the whole thought and, and, and uh, um, varying views on perspective. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, so you see, you see all sides. Of you see issue. several perspectives. You see initially two perspectives, upper class, like we call them one percenters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they would, I guess they would consider everybody else below them lower class. Right. Right. Cause middle class is almost gone in America. Uh, we're bridging the gap. We're trying our best, but we're starting to lose our grip. And then there is, of course, the poor. Right. Um, and so where we chop it up into more of racial issues and sex and gender issues, as I was just saying, they really keep it strict mm-hmm. um, because of, of, of their structure over there. And so over there, they start to see both sides. You see both sides of the spectrum sort of like forget who they are as humans. And then there is a plot twist for the lower, for the people who are considered lower class right. in the film. Um, and so that, that is the interesting twist of it all and how that whole plays out, that whole thing plays out. That, so that, I mean, I found it um, a good film, fairly interesting. I wasn't blown away by it. I mean, maybe I just came in with a different set of views or a different set of ideals that I guess maybe I'm more aware of. From what, a filmmaking perspective or from a From a social, social political perspective, okay. which is what they're going for in this. Okay. Um, and, and then after that, from a human perspective, my own um, uh, set of morals and ideals. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is nothing new. Anyway, I said that to say this is nothing new. I wasn't blown away, but I thought it was a good effort. Um, I thought they had some really good pieces of cinematography. They have some great like staircase shots, some great two shots where they sort of split the face, um, like they're talking into each other's face. It feels kind of like uh, oh, 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 I can't think of this filmmaker right this minute. Oh, Nordic. Um, anyway, uh, thought it was really good. A lot of flicker line light scenes. They play a little with the uh, slow motion. Uh, in a in a flood scene, uh, they play a little bit of uh, you know b- water bouncing off the camera. They 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 did have some great effort in terms of making it. Um, I just wasn't blown away. Well, I'm still confused <laughs> as to what was this movie about. Exactly so, what I just told like, you. What that's it. What and happens? That's, and that's why I was not surprised because what ultimately happens um, doesn't really do much to uh, change or answer any questions they brought up. Oh. Um, and then the very ending is very specific for Korean genres, okay. like how Korea, how Korean films sort of end their films. Okay. Um, and then they sort of walk away. All right. And it, it's kind of left open, but uh, they try to, you'd think they're trying to solve it, but it's really essentially left open. Right. And okay. so I do think it, it, it's, a, it's a good film. I just don't know where you're coming from when you see it. So maybe you'll think it's grander than I did. Um, a friend of mine says it's the best movie she's seen all year, and I'm like, I saw half the movies you saw with you. What? Well, that's what <laughs> I've been hearing. That's what I've been about? hearing a lot from everyone. <laughs> You're actually the first person who said that's what she said anything too. different. So I think that you know, I'll see it. I'll see it in the next week or so. Absolutely. Don't don't we'll, we'll use my opinion as a deterrent. Mm-hmm. Please use it as an alternative mindset from what the world is telling you right now because they're just like over the moon about this. Well, you know, I think what what it says to me is that there are all kind of films out there and that also speaks to these two films we're going to talk about today outside right. of those. Right. But I think that movies like this 
you know, you need to digest some of those kind of films too. Because how often do you does a Korean film get the popularity and exposure that this film has has gotten in already? A, not 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 very often. You right, know, I so, think it's like Old Boy, and then what was the other one? Train to Busan, but that was and they're already on Netflix. they're already planning a, uh, a part two. Uh, uh, and the next you know, version of this movie. So train to Busan. So I think it's Is it I, Busan or Busan? Busan, Busan, however you want to say it. All right. It, there's another one coming. So Well, I mean it's a zombie it. flick, so I mean pff, we watched The Walking Dead. I'm so very excited. People fucking about love it zombie movies. I this thought was, it was wonderful. Yeah, this was actually uh, Train to Busan was actually a really pretty good film. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful. Considering so I, all they had to do. I'm I'm I'm, I was very impressed with that, and I was glad someone turned me on to it. I'm, I'm glad I got to watch it. Yeah, it was really interesting how they were able to keep the heart in that story, even with all that goes on in, in the film in terms of, like, end of the apocalypse type of end of the world situation. But I, I, as a as a person who watched several Korean films, I think they're, they're magical in the way that they just put it all out there. Well, I think it's magical know. in the way they tell their stories. Mm-hmm. It has a very fantas- fant- fantastical mm-hmm. way of telling a story. Um feels always like you're in some sort of daydream or fantasy mm-hmm. and um but yet somehow they seem to keep things firmly placed in reality right so they have a way about doing this and then also their imagery is always really beautiful yeah, yeah. um and so you know like i said good film check it out and we're off moving on to the good liar which good you did liar. see yes i did starring um dame helen mirren um, is Ian McKellen a sir? I think he's a sir. Sir Ian McKellen, Russell Tovey, who I like. Those ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's very distinctive. He was also in Loving, which I loved him in. Yeah, he's um, good. You know, Jim Carter and uh, a few others. Directed by Bill Condon. Um, and so it is about the consummate con man, Roy... Courtney has set his sights on the latest mark. The recently widowed Betty McLesh, worth millions, by the way. But this time, what should have been a simple swindle escalates into a cat and mouse game uh, with the ultimate stakes. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you want to go first? Uh, um, okay, I so first of all, want. I can go first. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was so excited about this movie because one, so was I. one is it's set in, in London, I think, and um, yeah, so and it was very in interesting Europe. in the, in the fact that, you know, you had older older stars, yes, and 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 they carried this film. You didn't you didn't need a lot of the, the the flash and and buffoonery right. of a, a younger star because right. it wasn't about Russell Tovey and in 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 his world. Yeah. It was about how he worked in in their world mm-hmm. and. Helen Mirren is just Helen Mirren phenomenal. is awesome. Ian McKellen, you and can't get better actors. You can just sit and watch them because they're, it's a master class of, of acting. And so that's what you got. My problem, my problem with, the, with the film itself was, you know, because the, the trailer is fantastic. The, the trailer is amazing. The trailer had you feeling that this film was going to be one thing and then it had turned you, felt completely. felt like you were on the edge of your seat. Yeah, and it, it it turned completely, completely because I felt like they 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 took us at, they took us to a place that one it, it's totally unexpected, but they took us to a place that I felt like it could have been 
it could have been a little. It could have been greater. It could have been greater. Yes. It, it was such a waste. Yeah, it could have been greater to have these amazing actors and, and not really, use them. You didn't use them enough. Efficiently. Mm -hmm. You didn't use them enough. The twist was lame. I, I um it, it it they kept building it up like it would be a punch in the face. Yeah. Like their twist would be greater. The ending was lame and 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 sort of half-hearted. Um, I uh, I really wanted this story to be much greater than what it was, yeah. but instead they fell on these minor twists. And really, quite honestly, it has to do with the writing. It wasn't the direction. Yeah. It wasn't oh, the, for sure. It wasn't the acting. It wasn't the cinematography. It wasn't any of these things. It was the writing, and that's where it failed. Because Bill Condon is known for his thrillers and and. and, and using the magic of the actors and, and, and just kind of setting the scene. He did all of that, but I think that the story itself just kind of dropped. Yeah. Like it built to a certain point and then there was nowhere else for it to well, go. Also, this is based off of a novel by Nicholas Cyril, um, Sorrell. Sorrell. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, the writing credits go to Jeffrey Hatcher, who wrote the screenplay. Okay. And obviously he didn't adapt it well because I'm sure we're missing something. Right. Because I can't imagine this novel being turned into this grand film by Bill Condon, no less, with all these grand actors and not having it take off in the way it should. Right. Because if right. it was edited, if it had played off the way it was edited, it would have been amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and, mean and like I said, the talent clearly was there. And there were, there were some scenes with, like with McKellen when, when he was having the breakdown, when he was wondering where that money was and all that. Those scenes alone. Even when he was very dark, when he right. did really dark shit. Right. Those were amazing scenes. You and you know, were like, ooh, this guy's a dick. Right. And what are we going to see? Him, what are we going to see? We've been like, seeing him in the X-Men movies and in in the the Hobbit and all those other movies he's been doing in, in that kind of role. But right. in this role, he was just like this master manipulator. And so right. just, just to see him in that way, and, and then you had Dane I mean, Dane he was Marin. far better in, wasn't he an app pupil? Far yeah, better oh, in yeah. app pupil. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. And this felt like... For it sure. could have been along the lines of yes. at people, yes. but it wasn't there. And that's what I was looking for. That's I was what looking I was for expecting. that. Mm -hmm. I, I was agree. looking for that, and it didn't do it. Like uh, gods and monsters, like yes. none of that. It never had that 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 oomph to it. Right. Yeah. Ian McKellen can have like this really great creepiness about him. Like yeah. King Lear. Yeah. He he, he can he, really he do was, creep. He was. It was magical when no scenes would happen, and th and then like. His 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 dialogue with Helen. Right. And when he was suspected, right. you would see him twist and you would see his facial expressions really give you everything. And then wonk, right. we got nothing. I'm just like, this is a fucking waste. Right. All this foreplay and no no payoff. It was a whole lot of foreplay. A whole lot of foreplay. A whole lot of foreplay. A whole lot of foreplay and no orgasm. Right. <laughs> right, and that's basically what was what the deal was. Like I said, I, I'm glad the film is out there for their... Just for their caliber of work, yes. But I feel like they were just misused and and not appropriately driving the message. Anybody home. could have done this film, quite honestly. Anybody could have done this film. You didn't have to use them if you were going to waste them. And we're off mm -hmm. next. <laughs> yep. So I'm we want to do Queen and Slim, or do we want to dig into Waves? Do you want to get it off your chest with Queen and Slim, or you want to? Lo let's let's start lovingly. with Queen and Slim. Okay, because I feel Queen like I feel like you got some some let's shit to say. Let's start with Queen and Slim. Go ahead. So, so Queen and Slim, whoo, critically acclaimed, right? Mm -hmm. Directed by Melina Maksukas. 
Okay. All right. That's her. You got not, it. Not trying to disrespect. Strong we know shade. Melina, right? Melina Strong is shade. of. I feel like this. I don't need to give her that credit for that. But <laughs> I don't want to make her seem like she was Beyonce's filmmaker. She is the woman who made Lemonade, and she's made. Um, she's done a lot of Insecure, um, uh, Formation. Uh, Master of None, which is probably explains her and Lena's relationship. Right, that's how she ended up. Um, fantastic filmmaker, um, extraordinaire. She was the director. Uh, writers, Lena Waithe. Um, and then starring Daniel Kaluuya, newcomer Jody Turner Smith. Of course, Bokeem Woodbine. Yes. As Uncle Earl. Um, Chloe Sevigny, Flea. Uh, and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So a couple's first date takes an unexpected turn when a police officer pulls them over. And we go. <laughs> Vaughn, I-, I will let you spill. It's, it's coming out your ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Let's start with the good. I have. I don't really have. I don't have a lot of bad to we say. We don't about have a lot of bad. So let's start my, with the good. My what I enjoyed about this film yes. was the the. You sound like you're writing a college essay right now. I'm really trying to. I'm really. But trying. I really like. Okay, let's I'm, let's I'm start really, with the good. I'm I'll, really trying. Can I lead you here. into the good? Yes, I'm. I'm going. I got. Okay. It. I got. It. I know what I'm going to say. You got. You got it. Okay. Yes, I know what I'm going to say. What yeah. I enjoyed about this film was the fact that we got. We got to have conversations. Yes, much-needed conversations. Much-needed conversations about race, about relationships. About love. About what love is from the For perspective of a black, black man people. and a black woman. Yes. You, we talked about, black love. We talked about black families and yes. how we connect and disconnect from each other. We talked about how the community itself can support you in one move and let you and down in another. Slit your throat. In so another. I, what I—that's the beauty of this film, and I think that it is—we're long overdue to have these conversations on the screen because we've had them before. Right, we've so had. We've had Love Jones. Yes, we've had. We've Jason's had. Jason's lyric. Right, we've had those kinds of and films. And new, new, new films like The Photograph is right. coming out. We've had those kind of things, but it's been a—it's been a minute. Yes. Okay, it's been a, it's been a long minute. And it looks like there's a resurgence. And I feel like this is the beginning of the, of the new wave and the new resurgence of these I kind of films. Can't wait. Or at least I'm hoping. I can't. Because wait. I want well, first of all, Hollywood is a vast wasteland because we're so busy doing reboots and and, and retellings of old ass oh, stories. Like rebooting a fucking fugitive. What are you stupid he right. was? But it's just there's just so many things that are wrong with Hollywood, but I think that I think that there was an attempt here to to tell a certain kind of story. Now, I believe they had good intentions. Oh, they certainly had good Solidly intentions. Solidly good intentions. Certainly had good intentions. And I we think. thought it was a good film. We just have certain problems in it. Yes, certain and, and I have different problems than Tawana has. But do you? you know, yes, I do. Yeah, let's but talk. I, but I think that I think that overall, these conversations need to have, and I think the. The impact and the backlash of this film is also the conversations that we need to have. Absolutely, because I've been I've been reading so many think pieces about the film, and because there's so much out there, because it's like it's like we have nothing else to do, considering we're about to 
we we could almost impeach our stupid ass president that we currently have and our communities are screwed up and we're dealing with all kind of racial issues still in this country and the yes the job market is great but are we really getting jobs no, you know all them. these other things that are happening you know we have all these race gender all these e- economic issues happening but people have spent a whole lot of time talking about this movie and and but I think also they're talking about it in the wrong reasons. I don't think right. they're setting up. They're, right. they're obviously talking about the stunning imagery of it. Yes. Because this is a love story to black people. Yes. And we, black women. And black women. Black women. Really, quite honestly, if they've done nothing else in this film, they've re reintroduced the idea and, and solidified it that black women are saving the world. We are saving the world, and it and, and it is because of us. A lot happens. Yeah, and 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 not always good, but at least at least no 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Seeing, in this one yes this one turned it a little, but yes. quite honestly, we saw in many different roles within the film. Oh, absolutely! That black women. Oh, absolutely! Are the backbone and, and, and of a lot. Just the fact that Lena and an old girl are. Melina. Melina are are heading the piece. Okay. That's the first big deal. Yes. Be beyond anything about this story itself, the fact that they're doing yes. it yes. speaks volumes. Yes. And they've been they've been a, a bit on the forefront of what what has been pushing forward for queer women right. and, and, and women alike. And women of color. Right. Women of color alike. It, just 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 to have that happening in the first place. Right. Is and a major deal because they have people working. That that's like, a major deal. They're not just deal. them by themselves. They right, are, it's a whole teams of people because of them. Right, and right. so that I I one hundred percent give props. Yeah. Yes, uh, lead actress uh, Jody. Jody. Jody Turner Smith. Jody Turner Smith eats the screen. She, she is. She eats us. She is one of the <laughs> most we love her. beautiful women. She just gobbles you up. On she screen. is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen first of all and i want i want her i don't care if i don't know what she's gonna do next for the rest of my life but i just need her talk every time i get a haircut i feel like she did when she got hers (laughs) and she swagged down that goddamn fucking hallway (laughs) with her motherfucking swag walk (laughs) all her brilliant blackness swag black girlness she was just like wham what you could feel every step she made. Oh yeah, she's, and the way they shot that was stunning. Yeah, she's she's just a beautiful woman. I loved her performance. Yeah, and she gave me, she gave us a full range of a performance. She really did. Cause, and and you know, because at the beginning, you know, she was a little. Because I think if we had her from the beginning throughout the whole film, I would have been fucking pissed. Right. Because I'm glad she grew. She she changed. And she, yes. Even though I, there were problems with the script that I did not like. I agree with and you. And appreciated part of her change in mm-hmm. this film. It this the, I, That's the biggest problem I had with the script. But I think that just watching her performances throughout right. the film were amazing. Um, young man, what's his name? Give me his name. Uh, Daniel Kalua. Daniel. Okay. And we know Daniel from Black Panther. We know exactly. Get out, Get out and all of that. All of those. What I like about Daniel is he's the black everyman. Yeah, he, I'm fine. He's just really cute. Thank you, Kevin. Um, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> but what I was saying was the thing about Daniel, he has he is the black everyman. He he was able to do it in in Get Out, and he he manifested it in this film. Yes. And I think that. There was so 
it's good to see that because you don't, first of all, he's a dark complected black man. We have not had those men in many films at all, really since Cindy Poitier. And so just, it's it's just amazing. And I'm so thankful for him being who he is and and doing what he's doing in, in this kind of role. And, and, you know what's crazy? He had a lot of heart in this piece. He had piece. a lot of heart. Bef- Let me interrupt you a little for the tiny, tiny second. You know what I don't fucking like? Ain't, ain't nobody say shit about him being British. But they had a lot to say about Cynthia Erivo oh, and fucking of Harriet. Of course. This motherfucker's British. But that's because she was a woman. Right. So fuck y'all. <laughs> Let this woman work. Okay. Back to Daniel. Okay. Can we go back to Daniel? I just said that. Um, and shout out to Harriet. Great film. Go see it. Fantastic. Listen mm-hmm. to our previous episode yeah. and you will understand what I mean. Definitely go check that out. Um, like I said with Daniel, I think he did a good job in, in, in the understatedness of his performance. Absolutely. Because there was a lot that was happening well, he played around a him. a normal guy. Right. He was just a normal guy trying to, trying to have a date. Yes. You know, and, and, a tender and date. it's like, a really bad Tinder date. It's a horrible Tinder date. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's the uh, worst Tinder date ever. It is. If you literally, think you got a bad Tinder date story, right? They have a it. bad Tinder date. This story. is the worst. But I think that <laughs> what I loved about it was even the banter during the date because we don't get to see that. First of all, we don't get to see us do. That. First of all, people don't think that we go on dates and we have these things. They and just we, think we, we our have men, this. Love. Our men impregnate women and just go to jail. I don't right. understand. I don't know and what happens. The only reason why we're saying this, and Kevin's giving us the what? The only reason why we're saying this is because this is what gets portrayed in our media. Right. Right. So if you were from bumfuck wherever and you don't have a lot of people of color and you're down and you don't got any black friends or any friends of color, you probably think this is what the fuck you see on TV. Is what people right. are, and so no, they do they do strive for that. Right, and everybody wants love, and everybody wants relationships and commitment, and all these things. It's not just some kind of oddity, or just not just something white people do. Yeah. It's something that everybody does, right. no matter what your culture is, no matter what your race is. Hence, it's something that everybody. Well, these why these films like this and the photograph of Love Jones and Jason's lyrics are important because it humanizes us and shows that right. we are just like you and we deserve the same romantic comedies. Right, and the same kind of love. The same kind and, of love. And unfa- unfortunately, this this goes awry for them. In, in all the wrong reasons, but it speaks to also the societal issues that we have going on in this country. Currently, yes. So I think that this movie was doing a lot to address to address relationships, race, class, yes, economic situation, politics, right. race, love, religion, all of and definitely religion. They touch about religion and and, and just in in family. Freedom. And I think that that's something that we don't really get to talk about because I think people see black people as this big monolith of a community yes. that they don't they that don't has no there's no dichotomy in it right and there's no there's no breakdown of how the family situation works or how our this, relationships work right and, and they all talk about all of this in the film right and I, and I think that that's interesting to me and it wasn't about you know your your proverbial mom dad sister brother no. situation it was about the family from the extended family right. perspective Uncles. and and how all that impacts all of us because Moms, how any, we separate. it's not just about what mom and dad taught you, but it's also what you learn from those uncles or those aunts and those people around you. But here's the thing is in films, they don't really portray white people as much because they have that same structure. You're not always raised by mom and dad. 
Sometimes you're raised by grandma. Sometimes you're raised by uncle. Sometimes you're raised by your aunt. Mm -hmm. They don't always dig into that. Like Winter's Bone, for instance, with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, right? right? One of her best films. Yes, it was. Um, and I really hope they give her more work like that. They're not. Uh, whatever. But, She's done. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that was sort of an example of what I'm referring to here. Because quite honestly, within our individual lives, we know what that is to extend into your other family. Right. How reactions and interactions in, in, of, of, of your extended family with your parents um, make you who you are. Mm -hmm. And that, quite honestly, is what is happening here. Um, parents have kids outside of the, the union that you were created in. Mm -hmm. Or, or there, are, there are issues within your mother's sibling relationship, um, or issues within her her immediate family relationship within her parents, within your grandparents, that that makes you who you are. And essentially, that is what happened here, with um, with Jody's character, right, and uh, Daniel Kaluuya, because they had two complete. First of all, they were the relationship component was two completely different black people. Yes. Oh, right? and by the way, we're not all the same. We're not all the same. Two completely Sorry. different black people, right? <laughs> Real life. Um, and so, like, some of the issues that I had in it before I talk about the beautiful cinematography of this. Okay. Um, because I'll start, I'll start with the sour and then go with the sweet, you know, like a Sour Patch Kids. Serve it up. <laughs> so we'll say the racing components between these two different people um, in real life, they wouldn't have worked out. But if they weren't in this situation, um, they would have essentially not had a story, right? Right. Um, there would have been no movie if the there had been no happened. movie at all. And I really like how they, I guess this isn't bad. Um, I'm going to talk about the bad in a minute. But I really like how they explore vulnerability on yes. both instances. Yeah. Because well, that's, that's where the conversation goes. That's where the conversation goes. And that's where we don't have them. One, black women are always sort of portrayed as angry and bitter and loud. And yes, I know um, we're always misunderstood. We're just trying to be heard. And, 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 and people think we come off always aggressive. All, like they think that's the foot we're jumping off on at every turn. Just um, like black men are dangerous. Right. And so and threatening. The same thing with Daniel Kaluuya's character. Dingo. And so he is a melanin rich brother, right? Chocolate, dark chocolate complected. Um, and so he's very into Christ and very into um, his, his family and um, very into just living his average life where she mm -hmm. is trying to live other lives. But yet these are two people who who don't have chances to be vulnerable. And I think within our world here in America, I can't speak for those abroad, but I'm assuming very similar. Here in America, it's very hard to be vulnerable um, in the world, which essentially balls and rolls over into your relationships, right? So Definitely. you find it very hard to be vulnerable in your relationship. So you find it very hard to be trusting. You find it very hard to be, to be dare I say, soft. Right, um, I I am a stud, right? Uh, I guess that would be my title. Please define that for the audience, since they won't know what you're talking about. I, okay, so I'm a I'm a lesbian. Mm -hmm. I, if you've listened to the show before, you know that I'm the queer half of the show, mm -hmm. and so I'm the one that's always defined 
And so because I am a stud, which means a woman who um, identifies more solely with her masculine energy and adjusts men's clothes, and, and it could go on and on and on and on. I'm not going to jump into the semantics of gender and sexuality and all that. Right. People identify me as a stud. Do I identify myself? Eh, I don't care. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Vaughn. Apparently, we're just not gay enough. Yeah, you no, you are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Kisses, smooches. You are, baby. Um, well, but, but but what I'm saying is is what I what I could understand is um, being hardened and being in a place where where vulnerability can be difficult. But in this story, they really touch on exploring that. She yes. is a hard. She is a she is a a, a lawyer who deals with very hard situations in right. terms of like her um, her clients being put to death and, and, and being wrongfully accused and, 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 and the like. This is, this is a common thread. Right. Um, and so she has to be very hard in her life probably. And thus that rolls into her relationships with her family. And I would think within her relationships, because as we see this Tinder date, yeah, doesn't go very well. And she even she even made a point of saying she didn't have a lot of friends. She doesn't have a lot of friends. You know, it and, seemed like, and, and you know, this this date started because she was literally having a bad day. And so he sort of allows her to be mm -hmm. vulnerable in a place where she doesn't normally become right. vulnerable. And later in the story, he is able to be vulnerable in a place that he isn't normally right. vulnerable. And so I love how they explain. I love how they explain how they, uh, not explain, how they exhibit, how they're able to open and to be these things for right. each other. And I really I really enjoy how they express this sort of fear of being loved versus this fear of being able to give love because of our oppressed life yes. here in America. Well, you know, the interesting thing coming from his perspective, he was talking about and what he was always looking for was someone to be there for him, someone to hold his hand, someone to care about him. Because as black men living in America, we've always had to be on guard because there is there is a clear target on our backs every day. Well, that's why I said the thing about the stud, because uh, I mean, because we embody some of that masculinity, we feel like we always have to be on guard. Right. So that he spoke to that. And the fact that that's what he was looking for in a partner yes. in his relationship, that he wanted someone a ride or die. that was going to be there for him, that yeah. ride or die person. I know there are people who hate that term, hate that term. but it really means a lot it, for for certain black men in the population of, of this country that to know that somebody has their back, somebody's going to be there well, for, for them. For women, and, and for women of color, and for uh, uh, queer women who who feel like they sit on the side of 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 having a strong sense of masculinity, we feel the same way. Right. We want a place to lay our heads. Right. We want our place. We want a place to be soft right. in a sense and there were moments throughout the film Vulnerable. there were so many moments throughout the film where they kind of explored that in a way to let each of the characters find that place of comfort with each other to share those things about it from the from the whole thing with the horse and riding a horse and all of that even, even to when she wanted to where she wanted to hang out the window of the car. She went to hang out the window of the car. And do it, and, and, and do letting him and letting him do it. And let, and that's where the vulnerability comes in place. What 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 they're examining here is our freedoms within an oppressed state. 
to be able to do these things that would normally get us pulled over or normally we would give a second thought because we think that it would it would affect us in a negative way right and 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 we as as black americans have to always sort of be on guard on how we present yes so we always have to do better be more be be on guard and yet at the same time be human right and and all of that is very hard to do in an oppressed society especially as a woman when you're just trying to just live your life, but to openly live your life, you're judged, you're controlled, you're you're you're, you're controlled, mm-hmm. and 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 that's in another level past what's going on. Well, I think the interesting thing about it, and both of these films speak to the whole, and there's a lot of conversation going on lately about black people and having to feel, no matter whether you're, you know you know, born and raised here in this country right. or you're from a, another country. Well, I'm just speaking descent. from experience. You know, what you I mean? know exactly. Yeah. But there's a whole conversation happening about this thing about feeling that you have to work 10 times harder oh, yeah. than our white counterparts. Our white counterparts. And yeah. this all speaks to that. And, but this and, speaks, this speaks of across the African diaspora. Exactly. And so the point is because of that and, and waves does too, actually waves. And, does too, yeah. and so because of that, we're all in this place of examining that. So what I love about this film is that we're allowed to have those we're conversations allowed and to those be moments. Free. And there is a sense of there is a sense of freedom. There is a sense what, of freedom. What what people the negative side of it is that people think that because they had this little moment of freedom that it had to end in a certain way right. or there had to be all of these other connotations of the police and the crime right. and, and all of that. Yes. Because they, they were essentially like a Bonnie and Clyde sort of like ideology. Right. right. And so, but, and there's Archetype. been a lot of conversation around, well, why did they have to die in the end? Because everybody knows they're going to die. I'm not spoiling anything for anybody. Yes, they die in the end. Okay. I mean, I, that doesn't mean it. Kind of think that, but also that then, doesn't mean But anything. also then people could come to it and say, well, why did they have to die at the end? And then there are people that will say, well, the realist, excuse me, the realist point of view is that I don't want them to die at the end. There are people who survived, right? There are people who yeah. made it to Cuba, yeah. right? Like uh, uh, Finney Secure and, and, and things like that. I'm saying that right. Anyway. Uh, there you are mean number, Ashada Secure? Ashada, sorry. Mm-hmm. Finney is Tupac's mom, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, sorry. Anyway, what I'm saying is there are a number of people who did make it to freedom mm-hmm. and escaped persecution here in America. But um, unfortunately, they're not going to make it here. So, spoiler alert! I will, I will put that on the like I said on our show notes. Just, just go, um, but just understand. But that just understand. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's 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 a it's a it's a right it's a foregone conclusion. Right. But I personally think that we had to know this is going to end a certain way because the odds of them actually surviving this. And you know what? In in reality, if they would have, there would have been somebody saying, well, that's not going to happen. Right. Because we already know we've had examples where it would not have happened. Well, because also, what I want to talk about a little bit is also that sometimes at, at, at first the characters seemed a bit naive. Cause, so here's the thing. I thought that this is the problem when I had with the film. I thought the choices were odd. Oh, so but now we get to, we get to go into this that. is this is where we're gonna go. Okay, in. good. Okay, so I thought the character seemed at first a bit naive and immature and yet tortured, right? 
Um, I thought their choices were poor, even for uh, Jody's character, who was an educated lawyer, right? But I guess given their circumstances at the moment, the dialogue um, was what it was. And I feel like these are the problems I have. She, as a lawyer, would not make these these silly mm -hmm. um, nonsense the choices that choices she that she made they weren't they weren't considerate choices and i have lawyer friends and they would have never made these choices Absolutely. that she made i think that also um i think a lot of sort of like the dialogue in it was humorous and and yet sad right so sort of reminiscent of the lives we've known or had right um and yet i question their sense of reality it's a bit off. And I found that in, in Lena's work, it can be sometimes a bit off. Yeah. I, well, I mean, case once in point, again, the boomerang series she redid. Yeah. Which was, is horrible. Which Some is trash. BT. But the shy is fucking good. Yeah. So, you know, I but think that they're having their own issues with the shy. So yeah, that, hopefully it'll come back. We'll, but put we'll that see. To the side. <laughs> but once again, I think that, cause to me in watching the film, I was like, right. well, you're a lawyer. At no point would you make these choices in this journey. Did she say, "Well, you know what? We actually need to call. Let me call one of my colleagues and see what we need to do." Right. Because we need to turn ourselves in. There is no lawyer that I no. know. She had a false sense of security. That will in this say, entire film. "Oh, let's just let's just Th run off." Don't tell too much. Let's just run off. Well, they know they're on the run. No, no, so the whole right, point right, right. is anybody me. smart would say, well, you know, we need to figure out another solution here because getting off on the run is not going to do I it. I have a friend that won't even let you put booze in her car. Right. So my thing you is know, there it, is certain, nobody that will do that. that they just don't do because they realize that their, their, their career is at stake. And mm. where my problem was with, with Daniel's character was, okay, he – he automated his first thing. He is the one that was naive. He his first thing was we need to go turn ourselves in. We need to do something. We need to go to and he wanted to call his family. He wanted to do all these things because he, he, made he was that guy. Too. But he never fought for himself. He, he didn't just fought for, fight for himself until a bit of the end. Right, but my whole thing is you've already been all this way now. There's, was, yeah. there's no point. No but point. he was also learning and he was also experiencing He's things because experience. I felt like, once again, because... But all, once again, they were also two different people. Right, two different people. He didn't seem as educated as hers. two different experiences. And he, she was teaching him some things. She was teaching him something and he was teaching her something. Right, absolutely. And while we think she is one thing on the forefront, then we find out differently once we meet Uncle Earl. You know, Bo Keem, yes. who did a great job. He and did. shout out to India yes. from Pose. Yes, she did a great job. She did an amazing job, too. And shout out to the filmmakers, actually, for including her. Absolutely. Because she's a transgendered woman, and I think that was important to see. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. And she's she's a star. So she's, she's a star, but she was good in her own right. Yeah. Don't get me she's gonna don't do get her me thing. twisted. She this wasn't a pity entry. No, she she's, she, she's, she's she held star. her own and she holds her own. And the thing about India's role in this film she she has a way of she she speaks and she and she asks those questions she speaks from empathy and right. she speaks from vulnerability right and she always brings that in her performances yes and, and who, i who and she? i and i think that it was important to have that because no one else could have had those conversations no one else can have those conversations and from the point in which she was she was just making really true poignant points mm -hmm. that I think made sense. And yeah. also actually spoke to who Uncle Earl really is. Yes. And and that was something that's very powerful yes. about this film and, and as it relates to black males in the society. 
be, because yes. we've been beaten down and told we were less than and not as good as right. and all these other things. But what she spoke to was the fact that outside of the in house, the world. he's nothing. He's, he's no nothing one. to them. But in here, inside this home, yeah. he is king. He's a king. And, and that's all we have, that's all have as black men yes, to agree. hold on to in many situations. And that's that because, ride or die he was speaking of. And it, it's about the fact that, you know, you might not have the education, you might not have the money, you might not have the access or the privilege because there is black privilege, contrary to popular opinion, but not everybody has that. So when you're in a situation of that, you have to fall on what you know. And what, what was also represented in this film is the power of the military veterans, okay? Yes, that's and, another thing they and spoke And that about. was very powerful in the way they used that and to form a, a network and a connection and a community. It's a community. Because once again, what a lot of people, if you don't have family, you have your found families, you have your, your, chosen, family. your chosen families, you have these communities of people that you live and work within that can support you and sustain you when no one else has got your back. And that's the beauty of this film. Yeah. And I don't want that part to be ignored. No. What I, the, the troubling part for me, first of all, was beyond the choices that some of them made, because some of that would never happen. But of course, there would have been no movie. And that's been the case for a lot of movies. No movie. But I think that what troubled me in this piece was, because I'm the card-carrying atheist in the room, as an atheist... I don't see this character making this full turn the way that she did. You're speaking about Jody, yeah. And I, I just don't like that, but I feel like it's part of this whole Judeo-Christian thing that America and filmmakers in America always seem to hold. Because if you really think about it, think about all our movies. Everything is about the Catholic religion or the Christian, the Christian faith in some way. We always have to have some kind of redemption story. God has always got to save us in the end. Well, that's even where when, he was coming from. Even when you're not being saved, you yeah. still have to you have to hold on to this magical creature in the sky that's going to save you like Santa. Right. But at the end of the day, yeah. if you're an atheist, you're not going to just flip right. and change. That's well, just not going to happen. They didn't, they didn't claim that she was an atheist. She said she doesn't believe in God. So what else is it? What are you, what else are you going to well, call then that? Then we find out why she doesn't believe in God. And I don't think she didn't believe in God because she doesn't believe. But in she said the it. The actuality of but God. But she said she it. She didn't believe in God based on what had happened to her but mother. But she said it. Right. But listen to me. She, she said it. Okay. But listen to what I'm and saying. And yes, they unfolded all that other listen stuff. Listen to what I'm saying. But what did she say? She Okay. Just because she said it doesn't mean she's an atheist. She also didn't claim to be an atheist, Vaughn. Well, that's true. She just said that she didn't believe in God. And she didn't believe in God because things had happened to her mother and her uncle. And that made her say, I don't believe in God. But your thoughts in terms of being an atheist doesn't mean you could so easily be flipped. She may not have been an atheist. She just said she didn't believe in God because of her individual issues. So it sounds like a sort of like a, a religious crisis. Right, versus she had a religious actual, crisis, yeah. and I think he helped her find her faith. I don't think she would have flipped so easily within the context of the story. Yeah, but I do think that she wasn't necessarily. Okay, an that's atheist. cool. But where was his? At no point did he pray and, and ask God to help him guide him through all I this shit. When you got a license tag that says trust God, where was his trust in he God had, during all this journey? He had a lot of journey? faith in God, and he spoke about God a lot. He was the character that that 
pushed us forward into that ideology and that storyline of uh, of faith and 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 ownership. And but all where that. was it? But then when he they they try, I feel like they tried to show that he was having a crisis of faith when they made it to the uncle's house and and and, and they had changed their looks. He, they had a moment where he was like having this bout by himself, and I understand that. I took it as he was having a crisis of faith. And then when she came in the room, they had a discussion. And then that's where things flipped. And he became the one that questioned his faith. And she was the one that aligned her faith with God. Mm. And so um, I think that if they were going to roll into those, of course, we know this as filmmakers. We don't actually have the time to really dig into it. I think also... Don't dig so much into that if you're not going to explain that. Right. Um, because they really press the God thing a lot in terms of him, in terms of Slim. Yes. Um, Daniel Kaluuya's character. And so I think what happened was they just ran out of time and sort of left that flip. Okay. And I think I agree with you in the sense to saying that she went from I don't believe in God to be like praying. Right. She said a whole prayer at a table, and I was like, what? Right. But, I, I mean, they didn't explain her twist. Especially when, they in the beginning did. of the movie, she was almost, like, looking at her fingernails when he was praying in the date. Yeah, she she also didn't like his gospel music. Right. She didn't she like, like anything about all of that. She didn't but like him never, praying over we his We never food. got any of the reasoning why but you until know we saw this I'm sitting by the gravesite thing. This, this, is, this, this is their lapse in the story. This is the other problem we have is their lapse in the story was – they introduced ideas and themes that they didn't fully work out. And I think if you weren't going to fully work them out, don't introduce them. You know what I mean? I think you owe that to the audience to really sort of break that down. But I think they had so much to break down mm -hmm. that they couldn't. You know what I mean? And so I'm sorry that that part didn't get worked out because that's what took me out of it a bit. Yeah. But other than that, that really... Can I just talk about the cinematography for a second? Go ahead. We so cinematographer that. on this was Tat Radcliffe. Um, he'd worked on a number of projects, 71, Pride, um, Queen and Slim, Whiteboard Rick. It's probably his latest. And so this looked a very bit yeah, like White Boy Rick. Um, had a lot of the imagery. I thought the color palette was amazing, the copper tone, the neon across their skin, the darkness of it. I thought the camera angles were amazing. The composition was really powerful. Mm -hmm. um, even in terms of the direction um, by Melina, I thought the cool narration over the still images worked. Yes. But yet again, we fall back into the writing, much like Good Liar. Um, if the writing slips, it messes up all the efforts of everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so while I think this is a fantastic film and a great first effort for Lena, who is doing yes. feature films now, um, and Melina, I think this is Melina's oh, first feature film. She did a great job. She has a real this beautiful to talent look because her films are amazing to look at. Yeah, and and the imagery we've seen in Insecure, in um, Insecure is by the way we've said this before has been on the forefront of of, of black imagery. Yes, and shooting us and, and lighting shooting us, us in a wonderful way, in actuality, and mm -hmm. shooting us in 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 these amazing ways that they would normally shoot. Um, White people. Because black is beautiful <laughs> all day. Because black is beautiful all motherfucking day. Um, and so... I don't I, know. There's an hour between like five and six where it's questionable. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, that's true. I mean, it is. But don't worry about it. We're going to show up at Magic Hour and be ready to go. We're always, always. But anyway, I say this to say that I think these women have a bit of a, a, a more than a bit. I think they have a big future ahead oh, of them. Oh, absolutely. And I think, um, I, I, I hope that Lena's going to take the negative with the good. Um, I think she and, will. And I think she will. And, and and envelop that and and this is also what filmmaking is right yeah. so we have these lapses that people like aha right. you know look at us right <laughs> I mean we were all at the altar of Jordan Peele and then he made us and we were like man what the <sighs> fuck is wrong with you and I like that <laughs> this shit was beautiful and I liked it too but I was like this shit was beautiful but just three was shit so it was just like wow wow what the fuck happened you left a lot of fucking holes homie but <laughs> but <laughs> but yet we forgive and we hope that they come out yes. again with something strong and i think that as as critics and as people critics, of color that are critics yes i think that there's there's a because there's a whole lot of conversation around black critics and the, or yes. the lack of black critics and the fact that we can actually criticize we and can critique criticize our own and critique our own absolutely it's not always gonna be great i'm not loving every black person that falls across a fucking screen i am so sorry i'm so but, sorry and i really don't care and i don't but, give a fuck you know so I'm but the thing black. is we're all gonna we need to have these conversations but we need to have these conversations because we ain't all in the same boat yes we are in the same boat in terms of what happens to us in this fucking country but we can say what happens in terms of what your imagery provokes yes. and what your imagery represents. Yes. And you don't represent all of us. Right. And sometimes you do for certain people. Yes. Um, but what what's important is this was a fantastic first effort absolutely. for these women. Absolutely. And I was absolutely in love with the imagery of this. Yes, I was. I have too. a couple issues that were problematic within their script. I can forgive that yes. and say, I hope that you push forward. In and a I want people light. just to go out and see and it. And I want Don't people to go it. and see this because this was an absolutely, this was a black light photo on your fucking parents' wall. If you're from the 70s wow. and 80s, a kid in the 70s and 80s. You took that, it there. Because uh, you know why? Because the mystical magicalness of that is what this film was. Okay. You know, they went from being who they were to being this butterfly in a sense. And showing what could be before tragically ending. Right. You know, and I, I love that they gave this couple a sense of freedom before their ultimate end. Yeah. And I hope that. That was the best part. That was the and best you, part. You know what? What it speaks to is the fact that we as people, and I mean black people, black people. want to see. We want to see. We freedom. want to see love. We want to see freedom. We, we want to see happy endings. See happy That's endings. why there's always this conversation when you like, like the controversy around Harriet and the fact that it's always a a slave drama and and how the backlash and how of they this, change that right and how the backlash of this is the fact that people die. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna just let everybody know. We as black people we're, are going to survive all this bullshit. We gonna be all right. As, there you go. <laughs> and 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 I feel like there's work to do. It's work but it's to not do. necessarily just work on our end. It's work on the the larger communities of the world to understand that right. there our stories need to be told too, our and not need just to be us. Told. Asian Americans, Asian Americans, Latin Americans, Latin everybody's Americans, stories queer need to be people, told. Absolutely, queer um, people. Of everybody's all, a, people, of everyone people with disabilities. Spectrum. Everybody's stories need to be told. Everyone's so stories need to be told. I think that eventually, 
And even if we have to do it outside of Hollywood, right. they have to be told. And, and it's going to happen. Right. So you and just don't take be us ready wrong. We're not, we're not denigrating this film. I'm going to give this a solid four. I'm not denigrating this film. I'm just saying within the guise of what I know of storytelling, within the guise of what I know as real, reality, if you're portraying this as a realistic piece, there were a couple moments where we were like, eh, you took me out for a second, but I'm back in. Yeah, the protest took me out. Oh, also, I'm sorry. That was another big thing. The protest, the protest was out. an issue. The protest scene was an issue, and I'm not the only fucking one to say no, that. Because I've heard other activists on social media complain that the protest scene was problematic. Yeah. I'm it, not going to expose anything about that. Me, but I'm you have to go. go see it. It did trouble me. I had a real issue with it, but I hope that you will look at it and understand why we had a real issue with it. And so you said 4? I give it a solid 4 because you know why? The direction was spot on. The acting was spot on and the cinematography was fucking mind-blowing. So, I'm going to give it a solid 4. Lena says I'm going to have to take a, a star because of you. But it's all right. You tried and you did well. well. I just I just I just feel like I understand in the guise of story you guys try to change some things but it got, they got to be fixed. Well, I'm a, I'm a 3.75. That's fine. 3.75. All, all of my 3. Point, all got. my 3.75. The majority of that is going to have to go to Jody. Jody? Because I want to see Jody. I want to date Jody. I want to see Jody on the screen. I want to date Jody. I want to go to the barbershop with Jody. Because Jody walks out every time like that from braids to a fucking, that fucking flat top sort of crop curly beautifulness that she was rocking. And then she had a whole clothing change. I was like, bitch, what? I'm going to give it to Jody. I'm going to give it to Jody. I want to see her working Jody more. was the highlight of this film. She She's a, an amazing woman. She's beautiful. She's talented. And I want to see her working more. I did. And also, can I just mention, um, don't end to cut that sex scene with the fucking protest. You fucked me up. <laughs> you fucked me up. Well, that sex scene needed to be by itself because it, it was did. an intimate it did. moment between them, and it didn't need to be intercut with what was happening in the protest. And I get why they the did that. Yeah, I get why they did that. But I would have really liked that to continue within the air of the freedom you were seeking because it was it was so beautiful. Because it was intimate and it was vulnerable. It was. And mm-hmm. at the moment in which they did it, it was very, very poignant for them but, to have it onto their own. I guess it speaks to our lives anyway. Right. Speaks to the good with the anyway. bad, the soft with the sweet. Absolutely, it was a beautiful cut scene, though beautifully acted. Yeah, um, and I'm not passion. speaking that in in an erotic way. It's, it's I'm speaking passion. it in a passionate, it was about passion. beautiful lovemaking scene. That t- yeah. just the vulnerability on the screen was yeah. was amazing. And there was a there was a release. There was a release, and, and I feel like we that. all needed that. Yeah. So we why needed give, it as viewers? As the viewers, so why it. give it to us during that protest scene where we? Have a release and then go back into pain, and have a release and then go back into. You know, it's that. Give me, give me a break. Let me breathe. Let me come. Quite mm-hmm. honestly, that was the moment. Yes, fist all the way. Ugh, we got it. All right. We can <laughs> move into waves now. Let's move into waves, which was also another. We went, we went really deep into that one, but I we mean, have to talk about. But waves we had I to. I yes. think we needed to. We owed it. We did to an audience, to ourselves, yes. to our people. I, I love waves, so let's talk about waves. Waves is amazing and surprisingly done by director Trey Edward Schultz, mm-hmm. who's a white Jewish man. 
And I'm surprised that he it would be amazing. able to speak to this black family's life. But then in a sense, we are no, what did we just say? We are no different than anyone Absolutely. else. We are human. Absolutely. And so he was able to write this. And so Waves is about, uh, it traces the journey of a suburban family led by a well-intentioned but yet domineering father as they navigate love, forgiveness, uh, vulnerability, and coming together in the aftermath of a loss. So, starring... You can start, please. Let's just start... Break what, it down. How we have been repping this young man from the jump, oh right? Oh, my God, I love him. Calvin Harrison Jr. We've seen him in Loose. I love um, him. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm going to remember all his films. We've seen him in Loose. Monsters of Men. It Comes at Night is what I remember first seeing him. Oh, yes, yes. He was I the son. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually been in Godfather he, oh of... Oh, my God, he, he was He the was son. the son, right? Oh, my God. He's been, that was so long ago. We were yeah, doing this for a minute. We've been doing this for like a couple of years now. <laughs> he was um, a character called Teddy Green in... Godfather of Harlem. Yes. And I really yes. wish Sling would have put more than two episodes on. But <laughs> it's an epic. It's an epic film. I'm a uh, series, so you'd have to have epic to see it. Um, he's been in a, no, a number of... Gully is another one. He's been in a number of other films. But um, uh, JT Le, uh, Leroy mm-hmm. is a whole thing he but is a breakout star he Let's is be good clear. in everything Let's he does be clear he is a and star his portion of this film was like an extended bow like you'd put a bow and an arrow and it was the pullback and his portion of the film was the release yeah because it starts off the first hour I felt like the movie was over. I was like, oh, this movie's over now. That was amazing. Right. And then they, well, I looked at my watch. I was like, bitch, you got another hour and 15 minutes. Right, right. Wait a minute. But what? I was so, I literally, there was so much tension. So much tension. I have never experienced so much tension in a movie. I literally felt like I, I was have, sitting on the edge of I my seat. But I was sitting on the edge of my seat. I was sitting on the edge of my seat because I did not know what was going to happen next. Yes. The performances, Sterling K. Brown, Oh, so, I'm sorry. My let's, hero. Let's roll through it a little bit. Please. Taylor Russell was Emily, the sister. Yes. Kelvin Harrison Jr. was Tyler, the brother. Um, Alexa Demi was the girlfriend. And then we have Renee Elise Goldsberry as Catherine, the, the, the stepmama. Mother. And Sterling K. Brown was the dad. And folks who may not know the mother, Catherine... Her name is Ren. Yeah, she played Catherine. Her name is Renee. Renee Ellis Goldsberry. She's been. She's known for One Life to Live. She's a. She's a soap actress. She's Broadway. She was on One Life to Live. She's a soap actress. She's Broadway. Amazing performance. But she's been in film. She's been yes. in Evil, which is a new. She's show. on Evil, the new show on CBS um, right now. She was in Sisters. She was in the House with a Clock in Its Walls, and that was some other shit. Um, she's been in a lot of stuff that I don't think she's gotten credit for. She was. Outstanding in documentary this documentary now. I love. Oh, a, she was in the Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Yes, she was. Oh, and the Get Down. And the Get Down. Yeah, but yeah. what I what I loved about it and Sterling, we got to see him outside of This Is Us because I watch him every but week. But Sterling and I has cry done things week. outside. Sterling of this Sterling has us. been done, been working for a long time because right. I've known him. I initially saw him initially from. He was in Black Panther too, by the way. He was in Black Panther, but I what I saw him first in was Supernatural. 
And he was in the Predator. He's been working for a long time. Yeah, Hotel Artemis, and, and which I don't just, think were the best of his talents, but he did well in I'm them. I'm so glad that he gets to spotlight himself in a different he's way. He's in Frozen too. And, and I guess he's doing some voiceover. <laughs> he's in everything, but man. The, but the interesting thing is that he, he represented a, what a lot of black families have experienced with, with dad who wants you to achieve all of these things. Pause he, for a second. He was in Insecure? Yes. He was, he was, he was, um, what's the name's boyfriend? He dated, uh. Molly? East, yeah, he dated Molly for a minute. What? He was a businessman. He dated Molly. Am I, okay. Yes, you missed that. But I he dated that. Molly. But anyway, he, what he showed was, he showed about, it, once again, it's about the black experience. Yes. This man is working hard. He's trying to have these businesses. He wants his son to be a part of these businesses. His this wife is his is, wife. This his is his wife wife's is business, working. Exactly. but he works with it. She's a clinician. Of exactly. Something. And they've got all this thing. They're building homes and all this other stuff. Right. There's a whole lot happening. And, and, and what it spoke to was he was constantly pushing his children. Yeah. You you have to achieve this thing. Yeah. You have to be and the best. And we know this as as, as African Americans. Exactly, in this and, and and Caribbeans too. Caribbeans too. We, but Caribbeans come with that, right? Because right? they have to, because they're because immigrants coming into have. a new place. African Americans. Not everyone follows this ethic, this this ideal, but this is the ideal that we are all usually taught under. Is that you have to be more than your counterpart? Absolutely, ten times better is the and, rule. And not and not your African American counterpart, your white counterpart. Absolutely. So the whole point is, he was constantly pushing this these kids to do this thing, and he wanted his son to always be the best, if not better, than anybody else. Yeah. And and it it played out in this film, but in, it in plays such a out way. in so many things. It plays yeah. out in our drug epidemic in um. What are, what are we calling it? The, uh, uh, the, it's not, oxymoron, what is the it? The opioid crisis. Thank you, opioid, opioid crisis. crisis. Plays out in our opioid crisis that we have in America. I got some issues with that, but let me just do that later. Um, but it plays out in our opioid crisis in America. It plays out in our race relations in America. It yep. plays out in the, in the pushing of our kids mm -hmm. to be better. But then that also p touches upon what I was just speaking about in Queen and Slim, living that sort of oppressed life where we always feel this burden of the oppression upon us. Mm -hmm. So we push forward naturally and everything sort of explodes when you can't be who you've been trying to be. Right. Right. And so this film does all of that. All of it. In such a way. In this that, family dynamic. And I have never seen before. I, I just was like. And I'm actually grateful for this. I, absolutely. I don't know who to. Absolutely. I was I was been paying attention. I was so I was so I was almost thrilled in the fact that we've got a full representation representation of the family yeah. in, in how it turns out. And they were they were blended families because she the wife was the second wife. Yes. You know, the the mother had died and there were all these things and, and how that impacted the family right. and, and drugs and, and, and all that. But all this man was still trying to hold his family together. At every turn. And so it, I, I just, I can't say enough about what I need. I mean, I, need I, I don't even it. understand. And I've seen Kelvin do interviews mm -hmm. saying like, he's cool with Trey because they did It Comes at Night. Mm -hmm. And Trey specifically picked him for that, yeah. that this part. The, and he said the way you wrote a black family, our dialogue was yeah. spot on. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. The way the father and the son spoke? Yeah, absolutely. The way the kids spoke to each other, the way the, 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 the son would come in and speak to his mama, I was like, oh, that shit looks real to me. Yeah, like, it was very I real. I felt that, and I was very happy about that true representation. Yeah, yeah. That really made me yeah. feel, feel away. And you know what? And, and I want to talk about the opioid epidemic a little bit. And, sure. and what, what I've been learning about it and, and what people aren't talking about is the impact that it's actually having on African-American communities uh, yeah, because, because they've been th they've been hiding those numbers because they wanted it to be about these white, the suburban, white suburbanites suburban people but there are a but they lot hide of these people numbers. like they have crack numbers there are a lot of people being a lot of black people being affected by this drug because once first of all we're not getting the equal opportunity well, first of all, we and exposure to health care. We know about the issues about black health care in right. America so they're and just, how we're affected here, by take this pill. how our children die from right. rest. Just take this pill and go on about your business. But it, yeah. it's it's actually killing us too, and and especially in the South. And I'm glad that we yeah. they opened this dialogue up a little bit. Because this takes place in Florida. Right, and, and I'm, I'm like I said, I'm glad they're opening this dialogue up, up a little bit, and especially yeah. when it comes to athleticism. Yes. Because we're always supposed to be the best, the champions. He was, <coughs> excuse me, he was trying to be his best as a wrestler. His for his parents, for his community, <coughs> oh, for, his, for, his, for, his, for his girlfriend, for right. himself, right. to solidify his, uh, his place right. in college. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, and, the and you pressures know, of that, the pressures of that, the the family pressures. He he had to succeed regardless, and and I felt like both of the kids. Well, he felt like he had way. to succeed, but I think, but that was because the father pushed him. But I yes. think that in hindsight, if the father, if they would have said to their father, "Listen, I really am hurt. I'm really am sick. There's some problems happening," and 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 Sterling's character realized that later on after right. their tragedy, but. Um, I think if they, even before the tragedy, had they said something to their father, they would have been fine because yeah. the mother was always on board. And very and I, supportive. I really, I really like in in that first hour how they unfold all the background story yeah. of what was really happening within this family yeah. and, 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 and their dynamics. Because it wasn't in your face. It wasn't in your face initially. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the relationship. And then I was like, oh, this was happening all along. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I like how they portrayed this. Can I just speak for a second mm -hmm. about the cinematography, right? And the reason why I say I make this mo this 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 mention is because Drew Daniels, who is a Texan cinematographer, who um was a cinematographer for Euphoria. Mm -hmm. Also, let's talk about black imagery. Another person striving forward in terms of our our imagery, which is amazing. Um because that was really good. Because it had Zendaya in it and a lot of people. And it reminded me, actually, of yeah. this yeah, this sure. film. Um, and, of course, he did It Comes at Night and several other uh, independent flicks. Um, what I really appreciated about this is because it was crafted, for one, it was crafted amazingly. For sure. Um, what I didn't like at first, but realized that 360, that killed, 360 you, right? killed me. I was mm. like, oh, my God, you're killing me. The rushing forward, the rushing back, the powerful POVs. Like they had this D.A. Pennybaker, like I'm sorry, P.A. Pennybaker, like shots that they were that the shots he always had that Scorsese uses that they used in all the political um, 
and all his political uh, docs where they would shoot from behind the person to, sh- to watch, to show the person's POV, to show what the person was immersed in, immersed us further into the film, which, which really hyped up that first hour. Um, all that uh, Kelvin's character was going through. Uh, Trey? Taylor? I don't remember. Taylor. Taylor, right? Um, uh, the lens flare, the excuse me, the resolution switches, um, they switched halfway through the film to 4.3. Yeah. And if you don't know what 4.3 is, 4.3, they went from 1080, like full, full, I mean, I don't know what they shot this at because they could have shot it at 4K and we just didn't see that in the movies. But full resolution to after what was happening with him, they just automatically switched to 4.3. I don't know if everybody else... Noticed it in the movie theater, but the screen changed. And 4.3, for people who don't understand that, is basically television. Um, and so it fractures your your screen quite a bit into a very square-like shape. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, we have very rectangular shape, so you can see a full vision of what the filmmaker was trying to portray. But they changed that to very much squeeze you into this box and to make you feel as claustrophobic as Kelvin's character felt. Right. And so when he was in his crisis, which he was very much in, with coming closer to the hour point in the film, um, you felt very claustrophobic with him. And couple that with that 360 and the forward and the back, like you really felt like pushed. But I think what, what it spoke to was as it evolved into the second hour. Well, they opened it up after that. Right, but as yeah. it evolved into that, it, it, yeah. it gave you a sense of, of, of this newfound landscape right because in the first half they did all these jump cuts Mm -hmm. that really would fracture your thoughts and fracture your time and make things linear and so it it just became so much more yeah and so when we when we delved into the sisters experience after tragedy and the aftermath of the family right because this whole experience with with the son well it was a tragedy that had unfolded and then we roll into what happened with the family. Right, it, it became like an aftermath. And, yes. And how people survived that. What happens in the family. So then you saw the the crisis between the mom and the dad. You saw how the sister, who was ignored. Who was ignored, actually, the whole first half of the film. She was pretty much ignored, even though. They, she was mentioned, but. She was mentioned and she was there as a support for the brother. For support for the brother but was you a really she was never, you know, they just kind of ignored her. And then she comes into play. But quite honestly, can I mention also what immersed the audience completely was the music. Oh, yeah. The music we just great. looked up. Um, I mean, I don't know if Apple has it, but I'm on Spotify. So Spotify had a whole playlist from their their soundtrack. Yeah, the music, which is was mind blowing. But the music was purposeful from the piano pieces to the to the classical jazz tracks to the rap tracks, the house, the rock. I mean, they had Kendrick, Ken. Uh, Kanye, her, Frank Ocean, it almost at some point seemed generational. Mm-hmm. And then since we span that gap and we dip into their millennial generation, we really sort of like felt all the music too. Mm-hmm. And so that also became part of the consciousness of the character as well as part of uh, the elements for the audience to become. Right. And I felt it. like uh, for a lot of the film, it was it felt like a music video to me. But the, I felt the, like the first half the felt like completely like a music video. Right. But the second half, too. Had, in, had moments. Right. In the way that, yeah. you know, as she went on her journey, because 
each of the characters, like the the, she did have a journey. the the synergy of these two films, Queen and Slim and and Waves, was that there was this journey. Right. So Queen and Slim also had a playlist, right? Because like, they have an, a crazy immersive soundtrack as right. well. So I think that the music propelled it. Right. The young man who was her boyfriend in the in the second half. He's been in a lot of. We've seen him in some other films that we've reviewed. And I will tell you who he is because he's been in quite a lot of films. But keep talking. But I think that what I liked about that was was that he. His name is Lucas Hedges. And actually, he's in that new movie, Honey Boy. Yes. Um, that everybody's talking about. That everyone's talking that's, about. That's, that's but he was in Lady up. Bird. He was in yes. Manchester by the Sea. But yes. he was in he was in another drug-related film um, called Ben is Back mm-hmm. with Julia yes. Roberts. Yes, exactly. He was yeah. the son. So, Boy Erase. Yes. Which is a gay conversion camps. Right, right. So he's yeah. been. He's, oh, three billboards outside of Evan, um, yes, Missouri. Yes, uh, that's how I remembered him. He's in so many things. But the thing is, he's he's. Their their whole relationship, their connection, the the conversations between them, very powerful because she what I felt like with her as the daughter, yes. she couldn't she couldn't help in the family situation. No. So she had to move her energy into him and what he was dealing with with his, his dying father. And I think that it is uh, so interesting. Lucas right. Character. It's so interesting how she had to do something. And so, because I felt like she was just, because she had her own guilt, her well, it own was, torment. Well, it was bodied up. And, right. and it was, it was, I'm sorry, not bodied up. It was bound into her. It was really like stuffing her. Right. And, and she so had, through helping her boyfriend, she right. was able to explore her own grief. Right. Because she was. About her brother and what she, she was, needed to do. She was traumatized. She was totally traumatized. Thing. Who wasn't traumatized in that, in that first half? Right. And I think that uh, I love the conversation she and her father had. That was amazing. What, and I, what I, hurt me was that yeah. she had to be, she couldn't experience her own grief yeah. because she was so busy supporting him. But I'm I'm glad that she was. I'm glad that they used it. As a lot of people who are caregivers for for their parents in some kind of way, or even people who feel like they're some kind of caregiver, because I know a lot of people who who really support and motivate and push their parents. And I think that it spoke to that. And there are not a lot of films that do that, and especially when it relates to black families, because I understood how she felt like, she had to be the rock for her father also, when in his situation. What I like is I I felt her I felt her her um, portrayal and her and I'm, and it represented for me because I've been in that position of being a rock for my family mm-hmm. and I've actually had a similar conversation about like this mm-hmm. with my father and so um, where where you take a very strong black man mm-hmm. who has to open up to his child. Right. And so we've had a very similar conversation and gratefully so because we were able to grow from it. And so what I like about that is they were able to show his vulnerability yes. as a black man, super head of his family, super super like aggressive and powerful and in his in his stance and how he had to create and keep his family afloat. Yes. And I love that they gave him a sense of vulnerability to show that he is human and that he was sorry for what had occurred and how he wanted to move forward. And I love how she revealed what she had going on. Right. And I love how all that portrayed because, first of all, they've got drug use, father's insecurities, right? The son's growing insecurities. The family ultimately goes into crisis and then they're grieving. 
and the mother's mental illness. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The family, the family's together. in crisis because of the because mm-hmm. of the brother and the mother's, you know, mental illness. Which is nice that they show all that, and because in mental illness is far underrepresented and usually represented in a state of like misery right. and 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 disability and sitting right. in the corner with all the other disabled people, right? right? No one could get past it. But this showed how this is possible for you to get past it and for you to speak about things and move forward with it. Right. And so it looked like they were actually in a space where they wanted to move forward. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what I like about this film? At its core, um, both films were also about choices. Yes. Absolutely. Poor choices were made. And I'm not blaming, I'm not victim shaming by no no means. Absolutely not. I'm just saying life is about choices. You choose love. You choose responsibility. You choose to be violent or to not be violent. You choose drugs or to not be drugs. You choose growth or not growth. Yeah. And and these films were about that. Yep. Choices. Make them Proudly and, and truly, mm-hmm. because quite honestly, you will end up where you don't want to be. Yeah, and and it's the consequences of the choices and the consequences yeah. of your choices. Quite honestly, so I, I'm gonna give this one a super high five. Yeah, and what I really want to say is that um, Kelvin, Kelvin, please, Harrison Jr., please, please, give him. All the fucking awards. Please. Every single one you got, give this little kid. And I'm saying this kid because he's young. He's like 25. I need him. Give him all the awards. I need him now. Every single one. Please acknowledge him. Because he has an actual future in this in this in this craft. Yeah, he does. He's going to be something that is purely amazing. Because I've never gotten the same one. I've never gotten the same experience. You never get the same experience twice. But I've never gotten the like I never know where he's gonna go next. He's kinda and I don't even want to say this because I feel like it pinch holes him. He's like a junior Denzel in a sense that he can do so many things. But don't even don't even pigeonhole him in that because he's so much more than that. Absolutely, he's going to make a fantastic career for because himself. He's, he's because Denzel, he can, he's Denzel, he's River Phoenix, right? He's actually Joaquin too. He's Joaquin, but he's also he's oh my god, he's um he's who were you just saying a minute ago? Uh 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 uh, look who I brought to dinner. Um, oh, Sydney Poitier. He's Sydney mm-hmm. Poitier. Yeah. Thank you. He's, he can be all those. things. He's all of those things, and he does it. With such verve and immerse immersion yeah. that it's amazing. Give if first of all, if you have not listened to us before, and this is your first time, please watch Loose and yes. then go back and listen to our review. Because yeah. quite honestly, he was a mind blowing in that. Yes, he was. And we were dying. We yeah, could believe was. the inflection he would make in just a gesture in his face. Mm-hmm. Like it was crazy. But I'll say this. High five, five stars across the board. I really highly, highly, highly appreciated this film. I appreciate what it does on a multi-generational level too. Absolutely. Um, It talks about what's happening right now within the millennial life, within the millennials, what, Ys? And Gen X too. Gen X, um, so the YZs, all of them. And And then it jumps into everyone outside of that generation. So I think... If you at all give a shit about family and good film, and then on top of that, 
if you have a person of color in your life or you are a person of color and you really want to see you on film, this is one of those films that will show you you as a human being yeah. and the freedom of what it is to exercise your demons Absolutely. and to live fully in this world. And I have to say, I, it, it's a five for me for sure. And, yeah. and it, it, it definitely, as Tawana has noted, I think that it, it definitely speaks to the experience of families in general, but also black families. And yes. that's something that we don't always get to see. Because guess what? We're not always. We're not always good times. We're not always and good we're times. We're not always the fucking Cosby. We're not always. Sometimes you we're know, in the, in the fucking hood. middle. Sometimes we're just there. We're just there in the middle, just being people going to work, just trying to survive. Regular and raise people with regular lives, just trying to live <laughs> our life as who we are. But absolutely. I think before we wrap up, yeah. actually, if I could step in for just yeah, a please, second, because um, I actually um, I'm going to throw out a mea couple for a second because I used a term at the very beginning of this episode that I have been waiting forever to okay. apologize for. Um, I said off the reservation and that is a very oh, weighted yeah. and a very yeah. and it just kind of came out. And so I just wanted to issue an apology. No worries. For fine. Using Thank you that for term. acknowledging it. I should not have used it. Absolutely. And, OK, thank you, know. you for acknowledging it, because, you know what? When you acknowledge you're wrong, it's better than pretending you were right. Yeah. No, it, it, as it was even coming out, it was like, this is not what I'm wanting to say. This is not the no. words I wanted to use. Okay. It just sort of came out. Here Absolutely. On the, here on the podcast, if you acknowledge your wrongs, we will accept that. Absolutely. Oh, thanks, so, Poodles. Okay. As long as you say you're sorry. Yeah. And you oh, know totally. that you were wrong in the context in which you use your words. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was. It's wrong in any context. But, absolutely. Yeah. But and we, you know what? We thank you for And that. you know what? We're also going to be wrong in context. So I think for certain people. But I think that, you know, we mean well and we, we genuinely yes, want to talk about well. these yeah. subjects. And we genuinely want to talk about these subjects. And if at any time you feel like you were offended, we are sorry. But we are really just giving our genuine opinions. And we're passionate about it. And we're yeah. passionate about movies. If we do nothing else in this life and never work in this craft again, we also just really love movies yeah. and love what the craft actually is. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people in this world of easily accessible, you know, media, just make whatever shit they can throw up on the fucking YouTube. <laughs> and it's not all valid. And so sure. when we see actual pieces of work that really genuinely um, add to the, the lexicon. Mm -hmm. The right? conversation of film. Uh, and the conversation of film, we're all for it. Absolutely. So Please go out and find these films, folks. Please go out and find these films. Holiday season's coming up. Hopefully, um, Waves will still be out. Uh, the Good Liar, Parasite, if you can't, find it online. You know how to do this. Um, Queen and Slim going to be in there for a minute. Yeah. Because it's making some dollars. Yeah, it will be. Um, but thank you so much. We're so glad you came. And if you like this episode, please be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, where we host on SoundCloud, and where we also post on Spotify. Yes. And if you want to tell us anything, you didn't agree, you agreed, you'd like us to review a film, you want to just say something, we're here to listen. So make sure you use our hashtag, that's hashtag BBM Podcast. Once again, that's hashtag BBM Podcast. And what we got to say is, this is it for us for the rest of the year. Yes. So we want to wish everyone a happy new year. Yes. Merry a Christmas. happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa, Passover. All Kwanzaa. All of the things that you are celebrating. Merry Christmas. All of it. Absolutely. 
See you next year. Watch some good movies over your break. Yes. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie.